0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Jumps off her top bunk, believing that her father's arms will catch her. She's operating in faith. Every time you sit on that chair, believe it's going to hold you up. That's a step of faith. Every time uh, we go into a building, we are having faith that the engineers have said it's safe. And when a a baby product says this is safe for babies to eat, we give it to our babies in faith. Whenever we get into an airplane believing it's going to arrive at its destination and take us there safely, we're operating in faith. Faith is is something that we are, are using and operating in all the time. When you start a new business thinking, I can do this, you're taking a step of faith. When a medical expert says, take this drug, we take it in faith. When a politician says, I did nothing wrong, we have faith that an investigative journalist will find out the truth somewhere. All these things are faith. We live by faith every day. Without faith... People are anxious all the time, which I think explains why people are becoming more and more anxious because they've lost their way, their faith in God, which is what was built what our society was built on. And as we put our faith back into God, the anxiety drains away. We can't get married if we don't have faith. We can't trust the other person. We can't buy products if we don't have faith. Faith holds us together, holds society together, and goes, faith pure faith is even deeper than that. Pure faith is the most powerful force in the physical universe. It was by faith that God created everything. When he said, light, be, he had pure faith that that was what was going to happen. And faith goes even deeper than that, to the very core of who God is, because God describes himself as, I am. I am. That's an ultimate faith statement. Faith is everywhere. And God says to us, okay, you operate in faith all the time. Take that same faith that you have in all these other things and direct it to me. Put your faith in me. Hebrews 11 verse 5 says this. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. So Enoch was alive, and then he was taken straight to heaven as the first person to be raptured. And he's up there now. And the reason? Because he pleased God. How do you please anyone? Well, you don't focus so much on what pleases you. You find out what pleases them. So, uh, that is one of the reasons I don't buy my wife uh, electric drills for Christmas. Have you done all your Christmas shopping yet, Trish? Slack. Um, Yeah, and it's another reason why I get off the screen that I'm on when my wife wants to talk to me because it's not pleasing. It doesn't produce a good conversation. And uh, I need to devote more than a couple of minutes a week to talking with her. So what pleases God? We need to find out what pleases God. Enoch found out what pleased God. And it says in the next verse here, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it is impossible to please God without faith. Faith pleases God. He's, he's pleased by that. It's, the, it's, it's who he is. It's at the core of the universe and he wants us to operate in faith as his children and be like him. I'm like my dad. He operates in faith and I operate in faith. Anyone who wants to come to him, it says, it goes on, must believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who sincerely seek him. What sort of faith believes, uh, pleases God? Well, first of all, number one, it believes that God is there believes that God exists, God says, I'm here, I made you, I'm watching you, I'm with you, I know you, I get you, I understand you, I know why you do the things you do, I know the temptations that you have, I know the the flaws and the brokenness that you have to deal with every day in your thinking and in, in your life, I know the challenges that you have, Turn your faith towards me and believe that I'm here with you. I'm walking this journey with you. I'm right beside you. I am with you through those challenges with your per- private business or whatever else you're doing. Believe that I exist with you. And the second thing is quite interesting. He says there, God is pleased when we believe in him, but he is even more pleased when we believe that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He rewards. Believe in me and believe in my generosity and my kindness. That's what God wants us to believe. That pleases God. It it, it pleases God if we believe that he wants to reward us, he wants to bless us, he wants to care for us, he wants to be generous to us. And some religious people might say, oh, you can't talk about rewards that's very self-centered, very selfish. Think about rewards. Think about all the things that God can do for you. How selfish. Well, my Bible says that's what God wants us to think. It pleases God. When we trust him the way a child trusts their, pe- their, their father or their mother, my dad will make sure everything turns out all right. My mum will look after me. That's the sort of modeling that parents are supposed to do of a loving God. Who provides for his children? Jehovah Jireh, I'm your provider. I'm really pleased. Yep, think like that because it's true. I reward people who trust in me. But it's interesting that uh, chapter 11 of Hebrews goes on to list a whole lot of uh, Christians, well, believers, heroes of the faith. And there's a number of them who receive their reward. On Earth, And there's a a number of them who don't receive their reward until after they've been taken to heaven. But they still believed. And I've got things in my life that I'm still believing for that haven't happened yet. How about you? God says, I'm pleased when you do that. I'm pleased when you believe I exist and that you still believe that I'm a rewarder of those who diligently seek after me. And seek after me. We're having a, a prayer and fasting a, tomorrow and Tuesday with meetings here at night. I love prayer and fasting. I, I mean, I hate it and I love it. I hate it because my body goes crazy. I, it, it feels like I'm slamming on the handbrake and uh, try, still trying to drive around because I don't have the energy and I'm wanting to eat. But I love it because we see results. We see Reward. When we diligently seek God in prayer, things change. Things happen. We've got lots of things in our lives we look back on and say, "That was that was, that happened at the time of prayer and fasting." I've got two specific things which I won't go into here, but two specific things I'm praying for the next two days, as well as general church things. I've got two things I'm taking to God, asking Him. Diligently seeking Him. God, do something. I need you to move because there's nothing I can do. It is only you. And you are a rewarder of those who diligently seek. I know what you're like, Lord. You want me to believe you. And I believe you. And I believe in you. And I believe that you are a loving God. So join us. You don't, might not be able to make it to the meetings, but pray. What's that thing? that you just can't shake? What's that issue that you just can't break? What is that thing? We give it to God and see him change it. Think about Job. He had so many things taken from him. Children, business, money, taken away. And he had a whole lot of friends in addition who were blaming him for it. And I think that Job is could have been retitled. That whole story, that whole book could be retitled every person. Because there are times we all go through when we feel like things have been taken away. Things have been removed. There's a deficit. There's a problem. There's an emptiness. And But look what Job said in chapter 19, verse 25, 27. As for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. He will stand upon the earth at last. And after my body has decayed, yet in my body, I will see God. I'll see him for myself. Yes, I'll see him with my own eyes. I'm overwhelmed at the thought. So he was able to say, in the midst of all of this, I know that you're there. I believe that God exists. I believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I will see him. And he was rewarded. When you read the end of Job. The promise to us look at uh, the man that Jesus met in Mark chapter 9 who the disciples could not remove the demon from his son who kept throwing himself around and having fits and the man uh, said to him can you really do that can you do it Jesus and he said can I it's uh, it, it, it's all things are possible to those who believe you know, again, faith is the most powerful force in the universe. Jesus said, if you, you've got enough faith, in fact, you don't need much. You only need a tiny little ink of faith. And you can tell a tree to get up and walk over and drop itself in an ocean. He was very, very confident. He was confident in God. He, he knew that God existed and he knew that God would reward his faith, reward him seeking him. And when he said that, the man said to him, I do believe, help my unbelief. And that's where we are. That's where Job was. That's where all of us go. We believe, but we don't believe. We want to believe, we're not sure if we believe. I believe, help my unbelief. What did Jesus do anyway? He healed the boy. That would have helped his unbelief a bit. Jesus knows that faith is not on and off. It's in a journey of faith. I can believe for this, but I'm not sure about that. I'm pretty confident I can get this going, but I'm not sure I can get that. God, I believe. Help my unbelief. And God is very keen to get us moving gently across as we go. It's it's the whole uh, challenge of life is to move from unbelief to belief. As a believer, look at, at Abraham. Abraham had been promised a son from his own loins, and it didn't happen. And then his wife said, well, go and have sex with the servant and have a son. through Maybe that's what God meant. And Abraham said, okay, yeah, I guess he might have meant that. Because Abraham hadn't mentioned Sarah up until that point. He'd only mentioned Abraham as having a child. A son. So he thought, well, mate, mate, yeah, I guess that sort of works. And then God came later and said, no, that's that's not what I meant. Sarah's going to have the, the child. But that by that time, Ishmael had been born. So he had belief, but he had unbelief. I believe I'll have a son. I'm not so sure it's going to be with Sarah. And then God showed, yes, it, it is going to be through Sarah and it will be through Sarah. So when we meet Abraham again and he's told by God to go and sacrifice the son, the only son, the son that he loves, just rubbing it in, Abraham has journeyed. He's journeyed from that belief through some unbelief and now he's a believer, the father of faith. The example to us all that we can keep growing right through our whole lives. He was 100 when this or was going down and, uh, where he's, when his son was born, and then probably another 10 years older than that, maybe more. And in Genesis 22, verse 5, on the journey to the mountain, Abraham says to his servants that came with him on the journey, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will travel a little farther and then get the words, we will worship there and then we will come back. My son's coming back with me. I'm not sure what's going to happen up there. I might kill him, but we're going to come back. He's gone so far from unbelief through to belief. What did he believe in? He believed that God existed and that God was a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm going to, I'm going to go and do this stupid thing for God because God told me to do it. And I'll just see what happens, but I'm going to come back With my son. God might have to raise him from the dead. I don't mind. That could be the answer. And then finally, this final story here. Jesus in John 21, a few days later, after he'd already appeared to his disciples after the resurrection, Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you also. He was kind of the boss. He was the leader of the gang. I'm going fishing. They all said, right, well, we're going fishing too. And they went out and they spent all night fishing. And that night they caught nothing, professional fishermen. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, you have, have you any food? So it's probably still a bit dark Jesus is not more than a, much more than a voice calling from the beach. Hey, kids, got any food? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat. It's going to get some. And so they did, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. They couldn't even take this net in, back into the boat. They had to probably get someone on the oars and just drag it in. And by the time they got there, verse 9, they saw a fire of coals there with fish laid on it and bread. Why did he ask for food? He already had the food. He was dealing with them. And then he said these beautiful words. Bring some of the fish which you caught. What caught the fish? Faith caught the fish. On their own, they caught nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But on the, on the word of Jesus, they caught more than they could handle. And how many people love the fact that after taking on all the sins of the world on himself and dying a horrible death... And then destroying the devil and going down to hell and raiding it and rising up as high as anyone can go into the heavenly places in in God and rising from the dead, victorious Lord and conquering King, soon to be coming again. What was he doing? He was making breakfast. Isn't that beautiful? He was making breakfast. A lot of us are too spiritual. We need to make more breakfasts. Make breakfast for your wife or your, or your husband. Or do some, some menial tasks like that. It's not menial when it's done in love. And Jesus was making breakfast for them. He said, oh, come guys. I was just tricking you about that fish. I already had some. Come and eat some with me. But he also gave them the credit because the thing with faith is that even when we achieve something by faith, it's only faith that God has given us in the first place. And yet he gives us credit. And Jesus says, well, I gave you faith. You, you put the net down. You caught the fish that I put there. You did that. How about that? And he encourages us each of us to take steps like that. You might say, I don't have enough faith. Well, it's not about the strength of your faith. It's about the strength of the person or the object of your faith. So if a guy was going to walk a high wire over a canyon and he invited me to jump on his back, piggyback style and walk me across, it doesn't matter how much I believe. It doesn't matter how strong my faith is in the guy. What matters is can he do it? because no amount of faith is going to stop me from dying if he falls off. But if he can do it, I don't need much faith. In fact, I hardly need any. I just need to get on. And then I can relax. I I can stop believing. I can stop having faith. I can just relax. And that's the life that Jesus calls us to. It's a life of constantly getting on his back again and then just waiting and seeing what he's going to do. God is there. He made everything. He understands you. He gets you. He knows the things that you're anxious about. And he just says, turn your faith toward me. Believe that I'm here. I remember a friend of mine who wasn't a Christian, just went to his bedroom one night and said, God, if you're there, show me. And then he just started crying. He didn't know why. And he just felt God. And everyone has a different story. But when we have a genuine desire to seek God like he did, God will reward you, most often with his presence and quite often with a lot more than that. So let's continue to move forward to seek him every day, to jump on his back again and let him carry us. We may not receive all of his promises until heaven either, but we may also receive things on earth. In fact, we need to keep believing that we're going to receive them like all those heroes of the faith. Let's close our eyes right now. Let's seek Him. Let's seek Him. Let's believe Him. Let's turn our faith to Him again. And if you're sitting here for the first time, you have not asked Uh, or this would be the first time that you would ask Jesus to come into your world, then I invite you to take the opportunity right now because today is the day of salvation. Today. There's only ever one today. And it's right now. I invite you to pray this prayer with me as I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross and take all my sin, the full punishment, on himself. I'm sorry for ignoring you. Please forgive me and come and live in my heart. I put my faith in you. I trust you for the rest of my life. Please guide me in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.